Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Unfortunately, we don't have a guest this week, but the good news is I do have a co-host, one of my favorites. She's the owner of Fluff Bake Bar in Midtown, Becky Masson. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me back. Always a fun time. Always good to have you. We have much to discuss, so let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Aki, the Montrose restaurant led by Chef Paul Key, announced that it is closing on December 23rd. In between now and then, it will be open, not its full throttle, regular hours, but it you, you have a chance to go there. And instead, Paul and his general manager and his chef de cuisine, Jill Bartolome, are going to open a new restaurant in a new location focused on Filipino bites. I don't quite know what Filipino bites are. I'm hoping Lumpia are involved. But <laughs> I don't know what that is. Those are Filipino egg rolls, and they are delicious. Oh, I hope that pandisol, that bread she does, is there. Yeah. God, that's good. Yeah, and that pork belly. And so, I, I obviously, I wrote about this for Culture Map, and I, I put it on Facebook, and the article I wrote mentioned that at one time, Paul was arrested on two Class A misdemeanors relating to an incident with his girlfriend in March 2016. Those charges were dismissed earlier this year. And someone said, well, innocent until proven guilty, right? And the charges are dismissed, so you can't mention them anymore. And my response to that was, we had, you know, this great, this very, this restaurant with really a beautiful design and really exciting food, and a chef who is a James Beard Award winner, Food and Wine Best New Chef, one Top Chef Texas. So why is it closing? Well, I can't explain why it's closing without talking about the circumstances around Paul's arrest, even though the charges were dismissed. Well, you say innocent until proven guilty. Well, and I think in Paul's case, he people just right off the bat, you're guilty. Like, you did it. And the stories that came, like the stories that were, you know, word of mouth gossip, that kind of thing. I mean, you'd have thought he full-fledged beat her up, and he didn't. Yeah, but she was bruised. I mean, you know, the police report, which admittedly is not like always an objective presentation of the facts, said that there was blood on the walls. Now, whose blood that was is not really clear, or the circumstances that led up, right, but he's never really talked about what happened that night. No, and I don't I don't think he he I don't I think people want him to. I don't think he is obligated to. He well, has chosen to do what the you know, he's that they were dismissed. Yes. It's done. We've closed the book. We're moving on. I mean, the food scenes have forgiven a whole, you know. Well, let me let me play compare and contrast with another friend of well, a person I know, a friend of yours, uh-huh. Philip Spear. 
Dude, four DUIs. I love four somebody. DUIs. I, I right? love that kid to death. Right. Four DUIs. But we don't really talk about that as much because after his case was adjudicated and he spent I my memory is a couple of weeks in jail, he came out and said, I fucked up. Right? Yeah. I don't get to I don't drink anymore. I am gonna start a business to help other people in recovery with their recovery, right? He had that coffee trailer, My Name is Joe. Right. And I think he, it's closed now, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's closed now. But it was a, it was a step towards making amends. It was amends. a step. And he, and he, yeah. And he, he talked very openly about his, his problems with alcohol and drugs. And Paul has never... You're right. Paul's Paul has never, never come clean in that way. He, he, he yeah, and it's, it's, a little, it's a little too late now, but... Well, see, I don't see. I don't feel that way. You think if you think life would change if he just came out and was like, "This is what happened. I'm sorry it happened." I think there are people who would be more likely to support him if he did those. Things. I mean, hell, we still buy. People still buy Chris Brown records. I'm just saying. Sure. Oh I'm yeah. I mean, and we... he beat the living crap out of her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people right, and and so in some sense. Right. If this happens 10 years ago or even five years ago, you know, it's different. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's a private matter and it's settled privately and it's dismissed and that's the end of it. But, you know, in the wake of Me Too, people, especially people with public reputations, are being held to a higher standard. This is true. And they, you don't get to walk away from stuff like this. Yeah. I know that Paul did go to rehab. Um, I, if he's sober or not sober, I'm not sure. I have been friends with Paul long before Top Chef, long before any of this. And I took the stand when Allison, when Allison reviewed a key and gave them four stars, right? That, like, that was, you know, it, it was worthy of four stars. That food was beautiful, but what Gabe and Jill were doing. And at that time, Paul wasn't really in there as much. Right. She did them a huge disservice to writing an article of why she gave them four stars. Well, because huge. she because she, she was feeling to it. well, and she was feeling the pressure because she had ranked it as the second best restaurant of new restaurant of 2017 and gotten a whole bunch of grief from well, mostly from food type people. Yeah, food type people, story. food type people on Twitter. That don't live in Houston. Right. And but these are people that A, they don't live in Houston. B, they're in the industry or in the environment and know the story. But the average Joe walking down the street probably didn't know about Paul's history and might have given a key a chance and based on the the you know, based on the what they had as their experience. I really feel like Allison did a huge disservice to a key by doing that. Well, but she felt well obviously I, get I never it. talked to her about it. Right. She doesn't talk to me, but I think she felt like she had to justify herself. You're Allison Cook. You don't have to justify shit. Well, come on. Well, look, I, I mean, that's I, the way I would walk around the world if I were her. Well, sure. But that is not how she walks around the world. I know. Although every time I see her walking towards me and she sees me, she turns around and walks the other way. <laughs> so that's kind of its own thing. But I will say it's complicated, right? Like I, like my, my take on, on this and, and, you know, even for Eunice, which is a different 
which is kind of in the category, but a different set of circumstances, a different set of facts. Right. But my take on this has always been, it's not my job to tell you what to do, right? If you're a culture map reader, it's my job to tell you what the restaurant is like, put it in some context, and then let you make your own decisions. Exactly. And, you know, and then I, I also think it's very easy to be media food writer on Twitter that doesn't live here. But like when a key opened, it's like, well, I know Gabe Medina, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember Gabe Medina at Katarobata and Soma. And then at when he worked at uh, Bosta, you know, and I knew Jill when she was a common bond and then at uh, Blacksmith. And so, you know, these are these are, from my perspective, local people whose careers I followed. Right. And, and that's who and we were supporting. And who I'm interested in. And so, and, and you know, so, so I think it's easy to kind of have an opinion about an owner or the, the public face of the thing. I think it's harder to kind of live in the city and know the people that are affiliated with the business and not want to support them because you know how good their work is. Right. I mean, and the, you saw people like, I'm not giving, I, I refuse to give my money to Paul Key. Like, you're giving Paul pennies on the dollar. Right. Like, you're giving the money to the servers, to the cooks, to Jill, to Gabe, to people that live in your community, that are in your community, that are Houston food. Like, that's who you're supporting. Like, Paul's, you know, Paul's getting pennies on the dollar. And it wasn't until Gabe left that he started coming more into the kitchen. Well, it wasn't until the charges were dismissed. Right, that yeah. he, he took a he right those those two things didn't happen simultaneously, but they did happen. Right, Paul took a more public role at the restaurant once the legal case had gone away, and they were doing some really interesting things. I had a really cool omakase dinner there a couple of months ago. He brought that sushi chef Yoshi in from from Uchi, and he was more involved, and and the restaurant got. Uh, a lot more explicitly Filipino in its orientation. Right. And and I really liked what they were doing at a key. It's a it's a very different restaurant than it was when it opened. And I'm sad that it's closing. But I wonder about this new project that he's doing with Jill. I, I mean like I think the first thing is don't don't make some clever pun out of your name. Well, yeah. Right? <laughs> like call it literally anything else. Yeah. And just so disassociated from from yourself in that way. Yeah. And and figure out a way between now and whenever this opens sometime next year. I think he has to to follow the Philip Sear model and try to make amends. Or at least say say the right things. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. But it's a it's I'm excited. Like like as a person who likes good, interesting food. I'm like, all right, Paul Key and Jill Bartolome opening a Filipino restaurant. Like, I get down with that. I've got a I've got a Filipino brother in law. Like, I'm I'm intrigued. You know? Right. There's there are Filipino restaurants in Houston, but they are mostly for the Filipino community. They they haven't crossed over. Right, right. Right. I I don't you know, I don't know that much about this food. I want to eat it. No, I am I fully agree. I mean, from the I think I've went to a key like three times and every time it was a really delicious, tasty and interesting meal. Um, and 
you know, I went because of Jill, because of Gabe, and a little bit because of Paul, just because I have a relationship with him for a long, long time. It's right. just, I don't know. Right. No, I, I, I'm, I'm sad it's closing. I think it's a gorgeous space. It's well, amazing. Oh, I want to come back to that. So no, I, I will say I finally, I had a, an opportunity to have dinner with Paul and Jill and Paul's girlfriend and Matt Harris, who co-hosts the show occasionally at kitchen 713. Nice. I had never met Paul. I really enjoyed just talking to him and the way he talked about food and the comparisons that he was making between some of the West African dishes that they were doing for us at Kitchen 713 and his experience with Filipino food, like growing up and, and oh, these ingredients remind me of these ingredients and, oh, they must have made it this way He's and that so way. He's so energetic about it. He's su- he was super excited about all of it. And I was really like, I, I don't. I didn't really come in with any expectations. They were like, uh, Paul Key's coming. I'm like, okay. Okay. It, interesting. Really enjoyed that experience, right? And and gave me a perspective on him that I didn't have. Right. So I, I, I say all of these things about his past and the decisions he's made, like with from from a place of good intentions, at least on my part, I, I would like him to find a way to be successful yes, and to put this bad night and these bad decisions that led to that bad night behind him. But I think he needs to be more upfront about what happened and say, I'm sorry. I can see that. I mean, you know, we, you know, Philip ch- chalks out, you know, Philip's like, I made bad decisions. I had a bad night. Well, that's exactly what... Paul did. Paul made bad decisions. He had a ball not bad night. Yeah, he was on alcohol and drugs, and yeah, you know, some some physical confrontation happened. I mean, I don't mean to like apples to oranges, but you know, I think what Philly's DUI is just as just as bad as what Paul did. So I can see where like philly came out and was like i messed up i'm sorry and he's been a huge advocate for being sober and he what is it like five six years now which is amazing right i've i've been in like bar settings with him or restaurant settings yeah he's sipping topo chico i know right even he should be a spokesman for him in some ways he yes (laughs) so maybe you know i see your point of view and maybe you're right i think maybe paul just stepping out and going i messed up might help but I still stand behind that. I think Allison did a huge disservice to them. Oh, well, yes. I mean, she, right. She you brought it. She CYA'd. Yeah. Basically, so to, to try to mitigate the blowback on media Twitter. Yes. Which is like a really interesting decision. And I, you know, and I guess her editors or whoever at the Chronicle, like felt like they had to, CYA too, because you know Greg Moraga's very first article about a key when it opened, you know, basically called it like a hot new restaurant, and didn't mention the criminal case against him at all. And obviously, you can imagine how that was received on media Twitter, right? That just was, yeah, I hate. So, I quit Twitter just so you know. Uh, yes, Personal. I I should quit Twitter. Um, I hate Twitter. I should quit Twitter, but I'm still on Twitter. I get it, but. 
Fluff's still on there. Don't worry. Fluff should be. Right. Fluff. Yeah. Well, Fluff's, but for Fluff, right, Instagram is way more important. Oh, way more important. Right. But I will tell you that occasionally Fluff pokes at some other media writer just because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of media, uh, out of town food writers that are active on media Twitter. Exactly. All right. So one last thing about this, and that is it is a beautiful building. It is. On Lower Westheimer in the heart of Montrose. This ain't going to stay empty for long. I hope not. All right. I have, I have two wild-ass guesses about what might go there. I like one of them a lot. Okay. My first one is Paul had a similar-looking restaurant in Austin that was first called Key and then was called Cunejo mm-hmm. that closed. And when Cunejo closed, the guys from Ramen Tatsuya took it over and turned it into another ramen tatsuya. Yes. Now, Houston does not need another ramen tatsuya down the street from the first ramen tatsuya. That wouldn't make any sense. But they do have a super cool izakaya concept called Kimuri Tatsuya Yes. that has been a huge hit for them that could use a Houston location. And a beautiful one at that. And a beautiful one at that. And they have experience with the building. And so, so I'm just putting it out there. Tats, if you're listening, <laughs> bring Kim Murray to Houston, put it down the street from Ramen Tatsuya, take the space at 520 Westheimer. That I'll, is I'll so. Call Jeremy and Austin and be like, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. The chefs. So, B, right? Houston's Uchi is still incredibly popular. You drive past that place like at five o'clock, like six years, six and a half years in. You drive past that place at five o'clock. People are lined up out the door to do that social hour thing. It's still a very busy restaurant. Like even with all the talented people who have come and gone from there and moved up in the company or moved on other projects, doesn't matter. The Uchi train keeps chugging strong in Houston. Now, in Dallas, Mm -hmm. Uchi occupies a two-story space. On the first floor is Uchi and above it, it's been a couple of things, but right now it's called Uchi Ba. Yeah. It's a spirit forward bar concept and sushi restaurant. Huh. My assertion is that Uchi in Houston is so popular that I think Uchi Ba could open right down the street from Uchi. And, and still be. And still be perfectly successful. I only went to the one in Dallas when it was top knot. Yes, so I went when it was Top Knot, and I really love Top Knot. And yeah. the one time I met Tyson Cole, I was like, "Hey, can we have Top Knot in Houston?" Uh, and so, the, which was their kind of cool Izakaya small plates concept. Yeah, I think they have moved on from that, the... right? Because they closed it in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Top Knot evolved into Uchiba, and so why not? Why not Uchiba in Houston down the street from Uchi? It, the 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 decor of the place is. Kind of perfect for yeah. Tyson. I can't, you know, you can tell that Paul came from Tyson. Sure. Yeah. All right. And then three. Oh, and yeah. I'm just going to put this out. One there. more. I'm just going to put this out there. Right. You can say Killen. No. <laughs> I don't think Ronnie Killen has come to Montrose. I don't even know <laughs> what he would put there if he did. He'd also, dream up something he's delicious. got he's got his hands full. He's got his he's got a full plate right now. Once upon a time, there was a thought that BRG Hospitality, the company behind Eunice, once known as Besh Restaurant Group, would bring Shia 
its progressive Israeli concept to Houston. Yes. Now, I don't think that's very likely to happen. But alone Shia, who left no. BRG to go out on his own and opened a new restaurant in New Orleans called Saba. And in Denver. Yeah. Why not Houston? No. No? No. You know alone and you don't think it's going to happen? Uh, no, I don't know him. I know of him. Um, okay. eh. Modern I, Israeli. It'd be so killer. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a Westheimer joint. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that, so those are my, th- like, I say this with no knowledge. I, I think um, the Tatsuya guys should take it. That's my vote. All right. Well, you can, you can put in a good word with the Tatsuya guys. I, I, I just, I want to, I'm, I'm putting all the asterisks on this. I have no knowledge. No, none. This is all guesses. This is just what I think could happen based on my guesses, based on, as, as Nero Wolf would say, my intelligence guided by my experience. Watch somebody like Bobby Hugo come up from behind and snag it. Well, again, Bobby is already turning Etro into a new bar and Southern Goods into a new restaurant. So I feel like Bobby's got his hands full. Yeah, but this doesn't close till the end of December. Bobby's got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Topic number two. I published a list of 24 restaurants that are going to open in Houston between right now and roughly the start of the rodeo. So question. Yes. I, I look through the list. Yes. And you, the food halls are just as one. Yeah. So that's insane. Well, yeah. So if you count the food halls individually. Yeah. It's like 40. I know. Because Finn Hall has 10. And Bravery has either five or six, depending on whether or not they, they say they have a sixth, they, there's a space for a sixth chef, mm-hmm. but they have not announced who that person might be yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if they're, and the clock is ticking because they want to open. They're going to have a grand opening party on December 31st and then Dang. get rolling in January. So tick tock on identifying the sixth chef. But yes, it's a lot. But, but from my perspective, uh-huh. I don't think people are going to say, I want to go to Kraft Burger. I think they're going to say, I want to go to Finn Hall. Probably, yeah. I, I would don't, see that. I don't think you're, you're, going, you're, the, you, 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 you're going to the food hall because you like the idea of the food hall, mm-hmm. especially in a group, right? You want to, the diversity of it. You're not necessarily going to eat, you know, Vietnamese whatever egg rolls from Sitlo and a Korean like, Oh man, I got to get the bibimbap from Yang. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I would do that. I mean, maybe like I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been there yet. The Uh, last time we were in Ponce city market in uh, Atlanta, we literally like there were three of us and we went, we got like two items from each place and just went around. Right. But you're going there because you can do that. You're not going, right? You didn't go. We didn't go for one specific thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm thinking of it as one thing rather than 10. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. I smell what you're smoking now. I'm smoking the good ganja today. (laughs) All right. So, what of the 24 are you most intrigued by? (sighs) I mean, I'm totally curious of these food halls just because. I just want, you know, I don't know. The the downtown thing is weird. It works in other cities. It does, but they're not downtown. Right. Right? You know, and our downtown doesn't have a history of being 
the hub of the city. No. Right? No, it doesn't. So I'm, I'm totally curious. I'm like excited for all the chefs in each one, and I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. It'll be good to see some guys coming back, like Richard Knight and Ben McPherson, like finally getting, like, I guess Richard's kind of had his own thing. Here oh, yeah. But, I mean, Hunky Dory was pretty much his own thing. Yeah. Um, I... Like you, I'm ex- I'm kind of excited for killing this Tex-Mex. I, I am don't know super why. excited. But yeah, like, fajita, what was it, fajita burrito or something, did you say? I forgot what you you mentioned in the article. Well, yeah. Brisket. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, Ronnie wants to do both things. Ronnie wants to make Tex-Mex with smoked meat, like brisket nachos and, and brisket quesadillas and, and that I'm kind of down. stuff. And then he's also been traveling back and forth to Mexico a lot. And so he wants to do like, you know, mole and authentic seafood dishes and all this other stuff. So I, so it's, it's TM, right? Just like we read it as STQ, uh-huh. right? I think you can read the name of the restaurant as TMX. Yeah. But if Ronnie had his way, we would, we would call it Killen's Mextex. Ah, I see what Right, not at. Tex-Mex. He but wants to Mex put the Mex first. first. The M, it's it's subtle in the logo, but the M is bigger than the T and the X. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, Ronnie has been hugely successful up until now, and everything, I think everything he's been doing is delicious. Can I eat it every day? No, because I don't want to drive to Pearland. But. <laughs> but even if you... Even if you wanted to drive to Pearland, Pearland or even if you live near Pearland, every day. you can't eat barbecue every day. You can't eat burgers every day. No, but I am excited to see. I am too excited to see what he does. And like, I feel like if someone, if there is someone who will set their mind to learning something authentically, like the mole and the seafood dishes and all that, that's, that's the man to do it. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't do anything half-assed. He does not. Yeah. And he... Uh, Full throttle. Yeah. And and also, people have really high expectations for him at this point. Yeah. So he can't, you know, I think, I, I was thinking about the comparison would be with El Real, right? When mm-hmm. Brian Caswell opened El Real and it was just Tex-Mex, it was like, it was like a pretty good version of the same Tex-Mex you can get at a lot of other Tex-Mex restaurants. Mm-hmm. People were weirdly disappointed. They were like, no, we wanted Brian Caswell to Tex-Mex. Like, we wanted your spin on it. It's like, there's no spin. There's it's no just spin. Tex-Mex. It's just what it is. Right. Super Rica, same thing. It's not Ford Fry's spin on Tex-Mex. It's just, it's just really good Tex-Mex. Ronnie's not doing that. Like, he's going to do a little bit of that, but he's also going to do the other thing. Yeah. And so that's very exciting to me. And then the other one that I am super excited about, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, and I apologize in advance, Tukai Izakaya. Uh-huh. So this is so Mike Tran, who owns Tiger Den, has opened four restaurants and a coffee shop in a shopping center, just like off of a block off of Bel Air in the heart of Chinatown. Okay. So he did Mayan, which is Chinese comfort food. Yes. He did Own Korean. He did Night Market, the Thai restaurant, and he's in the. He just opened Ishin Udon, which is devoted to a different Japanese noodle dish than ramen. So the Izakaya and Black Dog Coffee, the coffee shop. So four restaurants and a coffee shop. The Izakaya is the last thing that's going to go in that shopping center. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of the capstone of all, like, it is the most ambitious and kind of the most. So, like, he's, he ordered a, he said he ordered a five-foot grill from Japan. 
so that they can do the skewers like on the right piece of equipment with the right oh, nice. charcoal. And there's going to be a chef's counter where they're making raw dishes and a huge like U-shaped bar in the middle with a whole bunch of Japanese whiskey on it. And I like all of those things. Yes. And when he's like, this is like, this is it and I'm done, which is not actually true because he's going to open like a, <laughs> a little Vietnamese place next to Tiger Den to replace the poke thing that didn't work. But anyway, but so, but for the, for the project, for the shopping center project, that's it. And then he's done. He can take a break. And so as much as I like all of those already open places individually, when he's like, this is the crown, it's like, okay, I got to see that. Like that I want to see. That sounds, yeah. That, that you've made, your descriptions have made me all excited. <laughs> I'm also excited for Truth Barbecue. Yes. I'm super excited for those guys to like finally get. It's taken spot. a long time. It's, ta- uh, I bet Wayne has some thoughts on why it takes so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I talked to Leonard about this once and he's like, well, I designed the smokers. And uh-huh. so they don't have like, like that, that has to be approved by the city. And it's not like a commercial smoker with a whatever rating and testing and manual and all that. It's like, you know, smoker by Leonard. And so apparently getting city approval of that is difficult oh. uh, and took a while. And that was one of the things that held them back. But. Yeah, I I have made that drive to Brenham several times. It's always like I I hate 290, but I go 290 so I can yeah. have it. I it's tricky with barbecue to say that something is the best. Yeah. But it might be the best. It's it's pretty darn delicious. It's it's and I say that with no disrespect to the gentleman that's going to be in the studio here in about 20 minutes. I think they all kind of have their things though, you know? Yeah. Like they all have something like I have yet to find a smoked beef rib that I love as much as Wayne's. No, that's true. But I will say I've never had I've never had anything that wasn't excellent at truth. It's that. sides, meat, brisket, pork ribs, sausage, tater tot casserole, Wait, those I giant had cakes. That one. The tater tot casserole? Oh, my God. I haven't. How did I miss this? Now you got to go back to Brenner. <sighs> or wait until it opens in Houston, which I think will be by the end of the year because they're finally hiring people. Oh, good. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. All right. We are running long. All right. We're chatty Cathy's today. All right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cut topic number four, but I still want to do topic number three just for a hot second uh, because Esquire Magazine called Nancy's Hustle the third best new restaurant in the country. That's amazing. It's amazing. I sadly have not been. How have you not been? I don't go out. But you know who has gone and who loved it? The Wilsons. Oh, yes. Your 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 My mother. parents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They totally dug it. They thought from start to finish it was amazing. Yeah. I went several times in the beginning and was wowed by it. And now it's really hard to get a table. And I'm like the shark of restaurants. I have to keep swimming and going to new places. Uh-huh. So I haven't been back there. So that's our next time, our next meal. I think that might be our next meal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I was talking to some other people this weekend, who, one of whom is a, I'll, I'll say, a restaurant industry insider Ooh. who has not been to Nancy's Hustle either. So we'll round up. Okay. I'll tell you off air who that was and we'll, we'll all go together. Sounds good. But yeah, I think. You know, I ranked it as one of the best new restaurants last year because that's when it opened about a year ago in December. 
But I think when the best new restaurant list for other publications for this year come out, Nancy Sussel is going to be the consensus favorite. It won't make my list because I already ranked it. Right. But it is the restaurant that opened this year that just has been kind of in the, the forefront of the zeitgeist of, you know, oh, you got to go. And it's been busy kind of from jump. Well, everyone's and, told and me that, I need to go. I just, yeah, I have food no is, social life. Right. Jason Vaughn's food, super delicious. Christine Wynn's cocktails, excellent. Sean Jensen, who's one of the partners. And uh, Julian. Yeah. Right? Who? The pastry chef, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Julia Duran. Julia. Yeah. 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 yeah everything, about, everything about that team that it starts at the top and goes all the way down to everybody on the staff mm-hmm. just makes that place like just feel very welcoming and just friendly. Who's Nancy? That's what I want to know. So. I think Nancy was one of the grandmothers, ah. somebody's grandmother, and Hustle was like Hustle Town. It's all a little <laughs> bit like kind of, it's it's like it's a name, right? It's like it, their restaurant names are like band names, like they don't necessarily mean anything, even That's though true. people spend a lot of time like thinking of them. I know, but you just want something memorable. Nancy's Hustle is very memorable, and it's awesome that they're ranked in Esquire. That is, congrats. All right, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Becky, for our restaurants of the week, we didn't have a chance to dine together. No, sadly. But I do want to discuss a couple of new openings, starting with Ishin Udon. I was just talking about Mike Trans is a Kaya that's going to open in a couple of months, but I, I did have, I did have a sneak peek at the udon concept, and I have to say, I don't, I don't know a lot about udon. I don't know where in Houston I would go to get udon other than Ishin udon, uh, but I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a very mild broth. It's, uh, it's mostly vegetable like mushroomy components plus a little bit of dried scallop, so it's not vegetarian. Sorry, vegetarians. (laughs) Uh, With these, like, really thick, long, chewy noodles. And that's, like, like a Japanese comfort food. And and you could eat that lunch or dinner, light, easy. They'll they'll throw in some braised pork belly if you want that. They'll do... uh, They have all kinds of tempura fried items, like different vegetables and shrimp and eggs that they can throw in there to kind of round it out a little bit. Uh, but it's such an interesting platform that then on top of that, they do a whole bunch of uh, Italian-inspired pasta dishes. What? So what? you can get like udon carbonara <laughs> with uh, bacon and a miso cream sauce okay, and bonito flakes. Or you can get udon puttanesca Whoa. with uh, seafood like scallops and shrimp in it. Or you can get... Uh, bolognese? Yeah, there's like an udon bolognese. That's insane. So, really fun. Uh, and then they're doing a, like a Japanese curry rice. Mm. Uh, I think as much, not even because it fits with the concept, but because the curry at Gogo Curry that just opened up like in the same shopping center as Tiger Den, Dunhuang Plaza, is so boring and kind of flat mm-hmm. that they're like, no, no, this is what it's supposed to taste like with... And they do that with like this uh, slow cooked brisket that just falls apart, soaks up all the curry flavors. And it's not a spicy curry. It's not like an Indian curry. It's just like an intensely, it's spiced, but not spicy. Gotcha. And it's just this like intensely savory, 
umami bomb that they serve over rice. It's really delicious. So, uh, Yishin Udon, the latest concept from Mike Tran. I'm a, I'm a Mike Tran fan, and I enjoyed this new one. So I just want to... That, that should be another adventure. Yeah. Chinatown adventure. Yes. And then I know you went back to Eunice recently, and I know we talked about Eunice the last time you were on the show, but yeah. how, was your, how was your Eunice catch-up? Um, amazing. Uh, we went for Mrs. Wilson, a.k.a. my mom's birthday, her 21st birthday, <laughs> three <laughs> martinis in. Um, yes, yeah, so she's 21 and you're 18, and don't don't worry about how the math works. Exactly. Um, it you know I mean obviously I got a little special treatment that I called the chef and told him we were coming with nine people, so he he just you know fed and us. you know those guys and they did a pop up fluff. And yeah. So um, you know, but every like the the little duck jalapeno poppers, I'm still insanely in love with that burrata. And I know it's boring. Like no, most no, people I, think it's boring. No, I had it. I had it at brunch this weekend. It's so good with the pepper jelly and the caviar. And at brunch, they serve it with biscuits. They did it's it kind of mind blowing. Yeah, they did for us too. And the um, we had the tuna tartare, which I don't think I've had before, which was amazing. Um, he we, he did whole fish stuff with crab ribeyes, like with those bone marrow mushrooms. I mean, stop! I could just eat that all day. It's yeah, they so do those good. roasted oysters topped with a whole bunch yep. of crab meat and breadcrumbs that are fantastic. I yeah, mean, I, I've service, enjoyed every meal I've eaten there. The service is amazing. Um, Luke does a really good job with the front of the house. You know, you got Drake right. and Daniel I'm back. Like, it's just, it's a solid. And, you know, you who was I? Who did I see? Ely from Euromed. He says, Do you like this? And I said, You know, I think it's like my third or fourth time. I said, You can be good once. But to be good every time, like consistently, that's the sign of a good restaurant. And yeah. it's been consistently good. Yes. The same restaurant industry insider who has not been to Nancy's Hustle lives near Eunice and told me he's been there like five times. Yeah. It's, I mean. Which I would say is misplaced priorities. Like, like <laughs> take one of those Eunice visits and go to Nancy's Hustle. I should probably do the same. But. but I get what people, I, I really like you. I will say, though, Mrs. Wilson requested it, so. No, no, could, give your mother what she wants on her birthday. Yes. I tried to get my mother to go to Eunice for her birthday, but she really loves Chris Shepard, mm. so we went to UB Preserve. I think what Nick Wong is doing is awesome. I That crispy rice salad, forget that, about that it. That crispy rice salad is incredible. It's so good. That New York snack plate with like the... Oh, I haven't had that yet. Oh, it's like smoked trout, and then they have like a couple little fish dips with some crackers. That's kind of mind-blowing. I mind like blowing. the pork gel pastor. I have not had that. It's so good. We had a bavette steak that I really like. Oh, I haven't had and, that one. And, you know, I would never... I, I, I will rarely praise other pastry chefs in your presence because you know, you, know <laughs> you know how I feel about your work. But that Cafe Suda carrot cake that Victoria does is, I, I think, mind-blowing good. I've and you don't, you don't have slice. to... No, okay. I've had a slice. Um, you know what? It's good. I'm just not... I'm not a coffee fan. That's See, I is. love... So coffee ice cream is like one of my favorites. And a coffee... Ooh, like, come by the shop. I got some coffee ice cream from um, Humphrey Slocum. Okay. Yeah. And Sorry. Side note. Like, I have, a, I have a food memory about coffee milkshakes that I will... I'll share that on another show. We don't, we don't have time for that today. Yeah. No, it's a good slice of cake. I'm just not a coffee yeah. lover. I am a coffee dessert lover, and it checks all my boxes. Um, all right. So we're running long. I know Wayne is waiting, but you've got you've got a lot going on at Fluff right now. You so. know, I, I never realize how busy I am until you ask me what I'm doing. 
Well, you've got a pop-up at Glitter that will that happens on Thursday, which is the day this podcast comes out. So start I'm with so that. I'm so excited. Yes. So I'm going to do some I, I'm some greatest hits from the bake sales, basically. Like tandoori fried chicken with mango chutney on a Dutch crunch roll. Mrs. Wilson's mac and cheese and Wayne's brisket on a croissant. Everything bagel dog bites. And then we'll have dessert. We'll do toasted marshmallow with couch potato. A toasted marshmallow ice cream with couch potato. But not the strawberry regula for my pop-up. Oh, which no. hurts my feelings a little bit. It was so good, though. It was. And it made the it made the permanent menu for a little while, which it I was did. Very flattered and, by. Yeah. All right. And then finally, who's your next who's your next big guest chef? Um, so we have so this weekend we have Matthew Rice from Nashville, pastry chef from Nashville for the for the bake sale. Um, and then December thirteenth, Brandon Baltsley, who is kind of a firecracker. Has, I know that name. Yeah. Indie he, Chefs Week, maybe? No, he wasn't in Indie Chef Week. He he had his own pop-up pop series for a while called Crux. Um, he's kind of a Chicago, East Coast kind of chef. Um, he's got a book out called Nine Lives. Um, total sweetheart of a person. Has had a very long, hard ro- road. And he's up at this place called Buffalo Jump with his wife, Lauren Higgins. And they are doing amazing things. Super, super creative. Really, really about like, local and seasonality so he's our thursday night takeover on the 13th awesome yeah all right so we can check fluffbakebar.com and of course the fluff bake bar instagram for more information about that you can follow me on twitter at e sandler on instagram at eric sandler keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest bar and restaurant news thanks so much for listening i'll be back next week